to the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. I am your guest host this week, Kristen Lachman, head of HR, also known as VP of People Operations here at Action. Chad Millman may be off this week, but it's still Thursday, so that means it's time to enter the Thursday Thunderdome. On today's show, our special guests will compete alongside professional sports better Simon Hunter in an epic test of wagers and wits that's made this show the shimmering crown jewel of the Action Network's media portfolio. Hi, Simon. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, I'm excited to be on a show at the head of the HR. I'm trying to think <laughs> of ways I can get in trouble right away. Where should we start with? Should we start with the first time I met you? I was like, wow, this one's really attractive. And I looked it up <laughs> and I saw you're married with kids. And I was like, okay, I guess I can't hit on my head of HR now. So that was definitely fun, but I feel like that's a good way to ice break it, right? Yeah. Although I don't think you told me that before. So now I'm I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, we're just gonna Shock and all. That's how we do it on this podcast. I like to just wake people up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Your first challenger is a return guest to the favorites. He's a former Boston Celtics ball boy, a current senior writer for Sports Illustrated. And you can hear him on the crossover podcast with Howard Beck and on the Boxing with Chris Mannix podcast on our beloved volume podcast network. Welcome back to the show, Chris Mannix. Thank you. I don't have a... Uh... A good story like that, but uh, glad to be here. <laughs> good. So no HR violations so far for you? None. So far. All right. And Simon, your second challenger is one of the most beloved members of the Action Network, our senior NBA writer, NBA podcast host, and one of the most respected hoops journalists in the game today, a man for whom no take is too hot. Welcome back to the show, Matt Moore. I am very pleased to be professionally here with my head of HR in a professional setting saying absolutely nothing that could get me in trouble. I'm not going down in this one, Simon. You're going down on your own. Uh, Live a little, Matt. It's fun. Okay. Nice to see you, Matt. All right. So here's how the game is played. Today, you'll answer two kinds of questions. First, traditional trivia questions about sports, sports betting, and the world at large. Second, completely subjective and totally asinine open-ended questions or prompts that I alone will judge. To accumulate points, you must answer the trivia questions correctly and also convince me that your responses to those open-ended prompts are better than the responses of your opponents. So let's begin. Part one, going for gold. The opening ceremonies of the Summer Olympics in Tokyo are tomorrow, and already the American Olympic men's basketball team has endured a whole season's worth of turmoil. The United States remains a minus 400 favorite to take home the gold. But for now, let's test your knowledge on some Olympic performances from years past with some two-part questions. All right, Chris, since 1992, this U.S. team has won gold in six of the seven summer games. But despite boasting this Hall of Fame big man, back in 2004, America lost in the semifinals thanks to a blistering performance from his NBA teammate, this famous Argentinian, with whom he'd win four NBA titles. I'm going to go with Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili. Yes. Nice. Okay. All right. And so far, no HR violations either. Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, not a fan of FIBA basketball. Never has been. Why is that? His famous line was FIBA sucks. That was (laughs) after the 04 Olympics, I believe, because it's just so many rule changes in international game where yeah, it just takes guys to play in the NBA a long time to adapt to them. That was, I believe the last time we saw Tim Duncan as part yeah. of a, a USA basketball team. Yeah. I was going to say that that was the last time that Duncan played for him. Simon, 
The last time our Olympic basketball roster was entirely amateurs was back in 1988 when America won the bronze medal. The U.S. switched to NBA players after that, which led to this famous duo becoming the first to win an NBA title and Olympic gold in the same year. Um, I'm supposed to name two players? Mm-hmm. So I'll go Pippen and Jordan. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Simon, although he's never won an NBA title, this player does have a record three Olympic gold medals in basketball to go along with an NBA scoring title and an NCAA championship at Syracuse. The most overrated player in NBA history, Carmelo Anthony. Greatest (laughs) greatest USA basketball player for sure, though. That could be true. His his career is defined by the success of his USA teams. That guy, I mean, I think Durant's going to probably beat his scoring numbers this cycle but carmelo was built for international play if kevin if tim duncan wasn't carmelo is (laughs) what makes one built for international play over the nba yeah carmelo's defensive deficiencies are less glaring when you can play two positions the way he did you don't see as much three-point bombing in international competitions and Carmelo is the king of the mid-range game. So there's just a lot of, a lot of things that work for Carmelo in international competitions that get exposed a little bit in the NBA. But he also played spot up a lot. That was a big part of it was he would play spot up alongside Kobe and LeBron and Wade in that role. He was great. When he went to the Knicks, there was this rumor that it was going to be Tony Parker, Mello and Amare. And that would have been, I think his career goes down a lot differently if if that trio had actually come together. Uh, Okay, Matt, the most indelible moment from America's gold medal Olympic effort in 2000 came in a preliminary round game against France when this 23-year-old American star jumped over seven-foot-two center Frederick Weiss for an epic jam known as Le Dunk de la Mort or the Dunk of Death in France. It's Vince Carter. If it's not the best dunk of all time, it's got to be top three. Did it happen in an actual game? Yeah, yeah, he, he cleared him in-game in a preliminary. Cleared him in-game, which was a bold choice. Had the Knicks actually drafted Frederick Weiss at that point? Because he never had a shot after that. Yeah, like, I know. He, he, was, he was always going to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, that was... I think they had already drafted him, and he immediately became known as that guy. And yeah. there was no hope for him after that. He could have been the David Robinson of international games. It wouldn't have mattered. Like, he's, he's just known as the guy that got dunked on by Vince Carter. Speaking of Vince Carter, Matt, Vince Carter would play for eight teams in his NBA career without getting one wrong, name six. Uh, Raptors, Magic, Suns, Hawks, New Jersey. I think he played for Dallas. Yes. (laughs) He also played for the Grizzlies and the Kings. Here is a better question now. You all get to respond. In 1972, the ending of the gold medal basketball game between America and the USSR was so fishy that the players unanimously agreed to not accept their silver medals. One player wrote into his will that his heirs were forbidden from accepting on his behalf, even after his death. If you won an Olympic gold medal, what would happen to it after your death? And what instructions would you leave? I would just, I mean, I feel like it's generational. You pass it down to to a child. And the only instructions I would leave is I don't care what scumbag great, great grandchild I have. He can't sell it. 
it can never ever be sold. I don't I don't know where my lineage will go down the line, but I don't want that thing to wind up on you know the 22nd century's version of eBay uh, <laughs> at some point in Darren Ravel's office. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm of a different mind on this. Giannis just taught us that the past is ego, right? The past the past is all ego, and I would leave instructions that if my kids wanted it, they get to have it. But then after that, it gets, and if they don't want it or after they pass it on, it gets sent to some sort of university or a scientific organization and auctioned off to help people. Because I just, you can't hold on to these things. You can't be so prideful about your accomplishments that you lose sight of moving forward because that's my mindset on that. That's, that's too sappy. That's I'm that's, sorry. That's, like, that's, that's what I think. Like, I, I say this as someone that like right outside this door behind me, like has you know, every cover story I've written for Sports Illustrated, like framed <laughs> that I, I look at every morning. So come, I'm not, I'm not going to give it away anything. That's yeah. That's I'm with Chris. Enough. I was like, when I heard the whole speech by Giannis, it's a nice fruit for thought, but I'm like, dude, I can't tell you how often I wake up. I think about my past, like every day. I'm one of those people <laughs> where it's like, how did I get where I'm at in life? I feel like so blessed. So it's good to review your past, but I guess, yeah, not living in it. I'm, I'm crazy about this gold medal thing. I feel like I already don't trust my unborn kids. I've, I don't know why. I, I just worry they're going to be little scumbags. So I'd probably donate it to my like old high school. So at least like I know for the rest of time, people walk by like, whose gold medal is that? I'd be like, oh, it's Simon Hunter's. It's like, okay, at least someone's remembering <laughs> me. Other than my kids pawning in Las Vegas to go hit the craps table. I, I couldn't handle that. So yeah, I definitely would donate it to my high school. So you care about what happens after you're gone. See, I don't, that's the difference is I don't care about it. Also, I feel like my kid would just be like, cool and then just throw it in a drawer while he plays <laughs> all the time that's that's what would happen it would be used as a coaster for while he's playing video games okay none of you guys got this right because there's only one clear thing you can do which is put it in a glass box in a beautiful office so that your future ice skating convert from hockey boyfriend played by db sweeney can <laughs> come in and admire it a la the cutting edge nicely done would you please find someplace else to put your clubs Man, would I love to see you play hockey. Any day. What a reference. What a reference. That is absolutely what should have happened to the gold medal. And well, the clear winner is Matt Moore because he's doing something good with the proceeds of his gold medal. However, I'm also pleased to know that both Simon and Chris are highly concerned with the future offspring in their lineage. Um, <laughs> I don't know if both of you use the word scumbag, but it was an interesting there's, uh, answer. There's going to be some deep Irish scumbag in my family. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I was Dennis the Menace as a kid. So like my kid is going to be straight out of hell. I have no <laughs> doubt about that. All right. Well, again, D.B. Sweeney would like to be admiring <laughs> my gold medal in the future in a tuxedo during a New Year's Eve party. All right, we're going to move on to part two, and I'm going to get it better in an attempt to overthrow Chad and claim this as my future job and kick Chad out of hosting the Thursday Thunderdome. Please do. I like your voice so much more than Chad's. Chad's like <laughs> high-pitched, nasally voice. It's it's a blessing. When I look away and I hear your voice, I'm like, oh, this is nice. You also haven't had a 30-minute inter- interrogation of your love life, so there, that's a plus, too. Yeah, that's true. You're, very, you're much nicer to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so part two, here we go. It's getting, it's getting heated now. The Bucks captured their second NBA title this week, delivering a much-deserved championship to the city of Milwaukee, also known as <laughs> also known as the Paris of the Midwest and the Buckle of America's Dairy Belt. 
So in honor of their beloved Giannis, who was named finals most valuable player in a unanimous decision, let's look back at some other NBA finals MVPs. Matt, now that Giannis secured the award, he joins this player as the only NBA finals MVP in the history of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, Lou Alcindor. Lou Alcindor. Yes. Yeah. Is that was a trick question. That's very no, that, no, he, no I, I'll take it. That's fair. That's fair. I'll take the L. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Nicely done, Chris. All right, Chris. Now that you're, you figured that one out. Chris, the first NBA Finals MVP was also the only player to win one in a losing effort. Name that player. Oh, God. First Finals MVP. Bill Russell? It's the logo. It's a Jerry West. Jerry West. take it. I'll take the win on that one. Jerry West, yes. (laughs) Jerry West is correct. All right, Simon. The NBA Finals MVP award is named after this player who won 11 NBA championships as a player plus two more as a coach to go along with his two NCAA titles and an Olympic gold medal. Oh, my God. That's so many awards. What's his name? Uh, Bill Russell. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. Nice work. Here we go. The Bill Russell NBA Finals Most Valuable Player Award is arguably the most appropriately named trophy in all of sports. If you could rename or rededicate any award in sports, what would you choose and what would you name it? And I'm going to let Matt answer this one first. Uh, I would like to rename the NBA Community Assist Award the Lou Williams Award for all the work that he's done uh, with local folks in various establishments, as I'm not going to say what type of establishment as I am on a podcast with my head of HR. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. It's got good chicken wings. Good, great chicken wings. Just amazing chicken wings worth. What kind of community assistance? I don't know anything about this award. Just he's done a lot for young women that are trying to make their way in the world. I'm going to have to do some Google searching later. Okay. And I thought you were like a do-gooder here. I was like, oh, we've got a theme of like giving back. He's given back considerably. All right, Chris. If you follow this track where you look at Bill Russell as the greatest team player in the history of sports, I would rename the NFL MVP after the greatest team player in the history of the NFL, which is Boston's own Tom Brady. So I would uh, rename the NFL MVP after uh, a guy that's going to be winning that award when he's like 47. So I'm going Tom Brady. All right, Simon. Is the award like a football that's not quite fully flated? Is that like, <laughs> a little, like a little flat? Football, football inflated is defeated by playing an entire season with an absent meniscus. I'm going to call that a, 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 a more significant accomplishment. There you go. I've kind of stolen mine from, from Chris here. I, uh, I always wanted them to change. Right now, the Super Bowl, they call it the Lombardi. To me, that's really what he's known for is all of his world championships before the NFL was the NFL. So I feel like they should rename the NFC championship to Lombardi and then name the Super Bowl trophy to the Belichick. I know people love Brady, and I'm with him on the Brady hype. The guy has seven rings. But if you go back and watch, a lot of that was – Brady was great, but a lot of that early days was all Belichick. It was great defense with a great kicker with a quarterback that didn't turn the ball over. So – if I'm going to give a lot of the rings, the credits to, I know it's a split thing, but I give it to Belichick because he is that coach. So to me, they should just change the name of the Super Bowl to the Belichick. It's, it's truly, that's the name of the trophy. It's a Belichick. That guy is by far the greatest coach ever. All right. Well, this one was super easy. 
because I went to the great University of Michigan, as did Tom Brady. So Chris is the clear winner. (laughs) I'll take it. That's fair. Okay, this is a really heated game. We are at a tie, a three-way tie with three points each. So Matt three, Chris three, and Simon three. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure this out so we can declare a clear winner. Um, moving along to part three, our theme is Space Jam two, which I actually have not seen yet, but looks excellent. The LeBron James film Space Jam: A New Legacy, the highly anticipated sequel to the 1996 original, was released last week to scathing reviews. The New York Post, for example, called it an abomination. In <laughs> honor of this dubious occasion, let's test your Space Jam knowledge. Matt, at over $90 million, the original Space Jam remains the highest grossing basketball film of all time, just ahead of this 1992 classic featuring Rosie Perez and also my husband's favorite movie. White Man Can't Jump. Very we nice. We going sizzling. We going sizzling. <laughs> my favorite part of that movie. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. All right, Chris. Made specifically for the movie Space Jam, the classic hit, I Believe I Can Fly, won the Grammy for Best Original Music for TV or Film, and it was performed by this infamous R&B legend. Oh, God. I'm going to screw this up. I feel like was this it, is so easy. <laughs> it was it Seal? No, but my husband said no. the same thing last night. I thought it was Seal for a second there. Uh, no, no, worse, no. bad reputation. Bobby Brown? No. I mean, that's a bad reputation too. I, <laughs> I remember the song. I can hear it in my head, but I don't know who sang it. R. Kelly. Wow. R. Kelly was around back then. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky I think about it every night and day Spread my wings and fly away Yeah, that was before Traps in the Closet. Damn. I missed that. <laughs> All right, Simon, this one's for you. When it was released in 1996, almost two dozen NBA players appeared in the original Space Jam. Michael Jordan was one of them. Five more were some of his championship teammates with the Chicago Bulls. Without getting one wrong, name two. Two people in the movie or two people off the Bulls? Well, two people from the Bulls that were in the movie. Uh, so, well. Okay. I'll go with uh, Scotty Pippen. No. Wow. Already wrong. Uh, I, yeah, I have no idea. Because I, I saw that movie as a kid. I remember it was like Larry Bird and Charles Barkley, but I don't remember anyone from the Bulls. Uh, Horace Grant. Horace Grant was was one. The big goofy dude. Uh, Longley. Luke Longley. Bill Wennington. Wennington, Longley, and the others were Kerr and Oakley were also in the film. Uh, He got everyone he liked. He got everyone he liked. Of course Oak was in it. Of course Oak was in it. Okay. Part three. Make one change to Space Jam 2 that would have instantly made it more successful. And I'm going to let Matt go first. Uh, have Steph Curry play the villain, and then absolutely it would have it would have broken every box office record as every kid would see it nine hundred million times. Because if you don't have if you don't like LeBron, you like Steph Curry, and they could actually root for the bad guy. That would be very uh, a, a the gritty reboot with Steph as the the anti hero villain. All right, Chris. Uh, I would incorporate Jordan. 
you know, people that like the original would be more likely to see it if, you know, you have Jordan coming to save the day or, or some version of it. Uh, I think if you're going to make a sequel to the exact same movie, it kind of behooves you to have Jordan in it. Maybe have Bill Murray in it, you know, have the same cast of characters or part of it that were in the original. So I would incorporate the original guys into that movie. I love Bill Murray. Um, all right, Simon. I feel bad. I'm I'm in football mode. I'm so disconnected. I didn't even know this movie came out until we just started the show. So I haven't seen Space James too, but since people hate it, I guess make it PG-13. I, I feel like you can't go wrong when you up a rating because there's there's jokes that older people can understand. It seems like people don't understand. It's for little kids. People are like, oh, that movie's terrible. It's like, dude, you're 30 years old. I, I don't know if you're the demographic. So I'm going to check it out, but I'll like smoke a J or maybe eat magic mushrooms saying that to my head of HR again uh, before I watch this movie because it's not for it's not for adults it's for little kids so I love the first Space Jam so I'm assuming I'm gonna love this one. Oh, critics are often you know dumb in general because <laughs> like I- I'll I'll die on the hill that Armageddon is a great friggin movie and how many scathing reviews has Armageddon had over the years I think it has like a if you look up all the reviews on like Wikipedia, it's got, I think every single one of them by a critic is a negative review. Bruce Willis won a Razzie for that uh, that movie, which I find astonishing. Uh, I've watched that maybe 500 times and we'll probably <laughs> watch it 500 more before I die. So, and no, and you're right. The audience is not, you know, you know 45 year old New York Post writer or New York Times writer, whatever it is. It's uh, a 12 year old that might be entertained by it. I love it. Armageddon is incredible, but also my favorite scene from like almost any movie where I think Luke Wilson's like going to outer space and they ask him, are you excited or whatever? And he's like, I'm 90% excited and 10% terrified, or maybe I'm 10% excited and 90% terrified. Doesn't really matter anymore. And I say that like all the time about everything. I'd say the greatest part of that movie is the fact that Bruce Willis was shooting a shotgun on an oil rig. At his girlfriend's, his daughter's boyfriend. Yeah. That's to this day one of my favorite parts of that movie. I would have given Bruce Willis an Oscar for that movie, not a Razzie for that movie. <laughs> I really like the, the Russian dude is trying to fix it. And he's like. Cosmonaut. Yeah. The cosmonaut. And he's and he's talking and he's like Russian components, American components, all made in Taiwan. Yeah. Great line. I like Bill Murray and I like Armageddon and Chris wins. I'll take it. I'll congratulate myself there. So Simon is the big loser right now. Simon is still stuck at three. If he had gone to see Space Jam, he may have won, but he did not see Space Jam because he's been so busy at work. Also, before we go any further here, I have a word from our friends at FanDuel. One of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. That's what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbooks. You can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called a same game parlay, and you can only find them on FanDuel. For example, I just went on and looked at my Phillies. I built the same game parlay. Andrew McCutcheon gets two or more hits and Bryce Harper hit a home run. It pays over 14 to one. Just for fun, silly bet to make for a big potential payout. But same game parlay is just one of the many reasons I bet with FanDuel. One of these things I love about FanDuel Sportsbooks is easy to use. Easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. I also love that they have live betting. Easy to place your bet fast during a game if you see a trend you like. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to create a same game parlay and use promo code favorites at sign up. New users get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Must be 21 and present in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, or Virginia. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700, Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. And 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and Virginia. So Matt, you have four. 
Chris, you also have four and Simon is behind with three. So we're moving on to our grand finale. The topic is Olympic upset. So close your eyes and hold up your fingers to tell me how much you want to risk with your wager amount. Okay, great. The U.S. Olympic men's basketball team began using all NBA players in 1992. They would go undefeated in three consecutive Olympics before suffering their first defeat. In 2004, America's ill-fated Dream Team 3 got crushed in a preliminary round game after an incredible performance by Carlos Arroyo, the basketball star of this island commonwealth, which is also an unincorporated territory of the United States. LeBron James. El balón es para Puerto Rico. Contraataque. Vamos a ver lo que inventa. Lo que inventa. Lo que inventa Carlos Arroyo. A ver. All right, Chris. What is your answer? Uh, Puerto Rico. Nicely done. How much did you wager? All my points. Ah. Put it all on the line. Go big or go home. <laughs> all right, Simon. I got Puerto Rico, but I only had three points, so I'm only at six points, so still behind Chris. And then Matt? Uh, I got it wrong. I said the Dominican Republic, which is actually incorporated, uh, I, I realized, and I wagered one, so I finished last with three points. <laughs> yes. Matt is in last place with three, Simon with six in the middle, and Chris, our guest, is the big winner with eight points. Congrats, there Chris. There we go. Hey, big win for me. That's, a, that's the biggest <laughs> accomplishment of the day, I'm telling you. We should absolutely name, since this is my one-time gig, we should name the Thursday Thunderdome trophy after Chris Mannix, obviously. <laughs> you just name it after winners, and that's, uh, that's what I feel like right now. That's what you are. All right, and before we sign off, here's a word from our fearless leader, Action Network CEO, Patrick Keene. This is bullshit. All right, this has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. My thanks to our guests, Matt Moore and Chris Mannix. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and download and listen on Spotify. You'll see Chad and uh, maybe Simon pending a review of his HR file on uh, next week's The Favorites. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on The Favorites.